Hello and welcome to the Chris Broadhead Show. In this episode, I talked to Robert Bruce Carter, who just finished directing his most ambitious short to date. After the script won numerous awards, he set about to raise the most money he's ever spent on a production. The production spanned three days and involved over 40 people on set handling everything from extras to Portuguese translation. There are some awesome insights on how to organize and work with such a large crew, not to mention why you should shoot with a Sony FS7 instead of a RED, and how to handle the biggest budget you've ever worked with. Hope you enjoy it as well. You, you've been in pre-production on a short... For quite some time, I want to say, what, November? Yeah, I think technically, um, I'm still trying to figure it out, because there's like, before pre-production is development, Mm. so I think a good chunk of that was quote-unquote development, Mm. like, I think like when you're hiring people, that's like development, pre-production is like actual like planning of stuff, Uh, Okay, I'm not sure though. It's good to know. Because somebody, somebody on my crew was like, two weeks before, they're like, yeah, and then we'll be pretty much done development. We can go into pre-production. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of moments like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so basically since December, uh, I've been in one of those two preparing to shoot a short film, which we shot last week for three days. Nice. Yeah. How did it go? Uh, it was amazing. Really? Was honestly, That's awesome. the most amazing experience of my life. Wow. Um and it was because, I mean, I've done stuff before, but this was, like, a huge step up in terms of personnel. There was, like, I mean, we had, like, 40-some people on set. Holy shit. For three days. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. It was, like, I can't even tell you how much fun it is to do something yeah. with that many people that Damn. are all, like, so dedicated and so good at what they do. And, like, everyone's, like... Everyone's making the same movie, basically, wow. to steal uh, from Sidney Lumet. Uh, I think he said that. Anyway, but it's just like, it, it's so much fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Damn, 40 people? That's that's a trip, man. Yeah. It was like 12, 12 actors and then about 20, 28 crew people. Wow. Yeah. Damn, son. That's, uh, that, that's quite the coordinated effort you got there. Yeah. It was. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot of planning, obviously, to get that going. Wow, but, and I didn't a, have to impressive. like hire everyone. Like, the DP hired like the grips and the ACs and the gaffer, mm-hmm. and like the production designer hired out or like subbed out the like the set dresser and like the art assistants and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but dude, it's honestly. I mean, because I've made stuff before. I made shorts and I made like a web series on like very low budget and very like small crew. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, especially yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're directing. But there's something about, like, the camaraderie of, like, that many people just, like, working their asses off for 12. It's just, like. Yeah. And then, like, you can see that, like, the performances are good. The, like, the image is really beautiful. Nice. What did so, you shoot with? Um, it was a Sony. I think it was a Sony FS7. Oh, nice. That That's what everyone's using instead of reds, I hear. Is it? It's like there. There's like the F55, which I think is like a little a little bit higher than the FS7, and then we end up with the FS7 yeah. just because of budget. Nice. It looks really nice though. I think. <clears throat> I don't know. Somebody was telling me that we were shooting in 2K, and then I got the footage and it's 4K. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think we have 4K. 
Nice. It's like 3840 by 2160. So that's really big. All I know is it like it's eating my laptop alive oh, yeah. trying to edit it. Oh man, I so, bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that, but <laughs> yeah, here uh, editing 4K is a bitch. Like you gotta yeah. have like 16 or 32 gigs of RAM. I have 16, and it's still like. Yeah. It's, it's just hogging. Do you have a laptop it. or? A it's a laptop, but it's like a pretty. It's the equivalent of like a high-end MacBook. It's oh, like the really? PC equivalent of that. Nice. Like, but anyway, yeah. So. Yeah. Damn, that's awesome. So what? Uh, what was the budget? Um, <laughs> I don't. If I you don't mind me. I don't really. Actually, I don't want to say it publicly. Oh, you don't. Okay. Uh, just because. Um, I think sell it or I want to like, I want to see how I just, I want to see how it comes out first <laughs> before I tell people that. Yeah. I mean, I spent it was a lot of money. Like it was uh it was more money than I'd ever spent on wow. a thing before. Dude. No, I've never I've never bought a, that, I've never bought a car before, so. Yeah. Um but so it was like a Mercedes C-Class. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was <laughs> It's like a new Tesla. It was like a used, uh, <laughs> maybe like late model Toyota or Honda sedan, uh, maybe. Okay. That range. Nice. Not a lot of options, you know. Yeah, yeah. But those, like, those have high resale value. But you're so. not going to like just throw that kind of money. I mean, I'm not at least. <laughs> I have no money right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I have no. If I if I got fired today from my job, yeah. I would have to decide whether or not I'm going to pay the crew or my rent. Wow. So that's awesome, I'm, and I'd pay the crew just so you know. So. <laughs> He's a man of his word. That's a fact. Well, that that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, tell me, tell me about like the breakdown of costs. Like, what? Where did the money go? Um, most of the budget went to camera and really like the whole camera department, like um, uh, lighting rental and camera and lens rental plus monitors, uh, and then the crew. So we had a. With DP, gaffer, uh, first and second AC, and a key grip, um, which is actually like for for the crew that I was working with. Oh, and we had a and a Steadicam operator. Wow. Because we had some Steadicam stuff, and like the crew that those guys are, it was a really small crew for them. Like they're used to working with like a key grip and like two or three other grips, and maybe like even more than that. Uh-huh. But an army of grips. But it was plenty. It was, it was such a tight space that like you didn't we didn't need any more than that. But yeah. that was where most of the money. The second basic expense was art department. Oh really? Just like production design, props. You guys totally redid the whole cafe. Like we we redecorated. We didn't paint it, but we redecorated it. We brought in like we brought in our own cash register, like coffee jug, trash wow. can. Uh, uh, Where'd you get all the props? Typewriter. The produ- the production designer bought them. What? She either had them or uh, she she does um she does a lot of work for the onion la- onion labs. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she's got a shitload of weird stuff. Yeah, and like she does it for a living. So wow, she has You'll a ton of connections. Connect, and connect me with her. Yeah. So that's like the hardest thing. Is like props. Where the hell am I gonna get those? I know. I'm, I don't know. I needed stuffed deer by noon. Like where? If I was like Chris, I need an old timey looking cash register. Yeah. Like where I'd would be you? Like, no problem. Like, and then I would just like disappear into the right. woods for a month. And I'm sure you could find one, but <laughs> it would be a hard. It might like not work, or you might get ripped off because you don't. Yeah. You don't know that like oh, there's this one store on Grand Ave. That, yeah, like, yeah. 
we'll say no like you don't realize how important that is like to to have a prop person who just specializes in that like that's so valuable it is yeah like they're yeah um that's awesome yeah so how, how did you find the crew um so i met the i met the dp um he was the first uh well the first person we had uh, there was a guy who came on sort of as an art director, production designer, who just saw the reading of the screenplay we did in December. And where did you do the reading? At uh, it was it was at a th- uh, like a like a stage theater in Chicago, but it was sponsored by IFP Chicago. Mm, nice. Um, and then I met Nick Chamblot, the DP, through a directing class I took with Stephen Cohn at Chicago Filmmakers. Ah. So you know how like in that class they, they, they you like sh- film a, a scene from a movie mm-hmm. and then like yeah. they bring in like a person to do camera and sound basically. Yes. I don't know yeah. if that's how you did it but it is, yeah. So for my scene it was Nick um, and I just like really liked the way he worked and like um, he was like really good with lighting in a way like because they're their space at Chicago Filmmakers right now is, it's not like very photogenic inside. No, it looks like a dusty old school. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like we had to film a scene in like a living room. Yeah. Like in a house. And like he made it look like really good. And I was really? Like, and wow. like really fast too. And like, because you know, you get like an hour and a half to shoot it. Yeah. So I love people like that because like they're so good at it and they like hate telling their own stories. Yeah. They just love to tell someone else's. I'm like, that is so simpatico because, like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be very interested in telling someone else's story. Right. I like telling my story, but I'm, like, not that good at, like, framing a shot or, like, doing or setting up the props or it's, Dude, it's a whole design. other skill, man. It really is, yeah. And, like, I honestly think you can be a good director without, like, a lot of formal training. Yeah. But I don't think you can be, like, a great DP Without at least like, yeah, a few years of either on the job or like school training. Um, but he was he was like ama- amazing, and he kind of like he um, Nick like uh, he was basically working gaffer in Chicago, and he's gaffed and like gripped on like tons of stuff that you would know and like sweet tons of great stuff. But it's a big he, players on this yeah production, he, my friend. But he was like having trouble getting. Uh, DP work oh, yeah. and like that's why he just moved to New Orleans but I think that's part of why he agreed yeah. to do this you know for like a lot I mean I paid him but like not nearly what yeah. his day rate would be right right um, so. that's art for you baby yeah you get, sometimes you get some deals <laughs> <laughs> your story's good enough yeah what's kind of insane about it is like how much money I spent and how many people worked for like like a nice discount. Yeah, yeah. Not like an insane, like, I mean, everyone walked away with like a little bit of money at least, like, mm-hmm. you know, but like nobody was getting paid their full rate. Maybe, right. maybe like one person, maybe the sound guy, but yeah. no, he wasn't actually. Oh. Yeah, so. Because cause you could replace him with just like a C stand. Dude, <laughs> I, dude, I have a newfound respect for, for sound mixers dude, too now. Dude, those are so hard. I mean, because he's, he's, like, recording on a boom and lavs yeah. and mixing them, like, in his, like, unit that's around his chest. Wow. You know, and it's, like, insane. And he's got to, like, hold it up and, like, not 
get the boom in the shot. Right, exactly. Like, it sucks to hold a boom. I, dude, I know. I've done it before, it and I'm like, how do you... It sucks. Like, you hold it, you're like, I can do this, and like 30 seconds later, you're like, oh my God, is this scene over yet? <laughs> can I rest for like 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, damn, that's awesome. Mm. So what... Um, you were saying like how how much fun it was and um so this was obviously i mean this was like the most complex shoot you've done yeah definitely um what what did you love what did you hate what were you, what were you indifferent um i mean what i loved the most like i really was like it's the sense of like camaraderie yeah and just like you bond with people team. like really fast oh yeah and it's like nonstop work but, like, there are a lot of down moments where, like, people are joking around. And, like, I mean, we were getting drinks after every day of it. Wow. Uh, and I love watching um, I love watching the lighting crew work. It's, like, one of my favorite things where, like, they'll, you know, like, you set the camera in. And then, like, next thing you know, there's, like, five guys, like, all, like, putting up lights, putting up, you know, shields and flags wow. and all that stuff. And it's just, like, 20 minutes later... You look on the monitor, and the actor's face is just, like, painted per- with light perfect. in, like, the perfect <laughs> way. Wow. And you're like, how do they do that so fast? <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I think also, like, just a lot of, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, conversations you have with people where people are just, like, really honest and earnest and, like, grateful. Um, like, I must have told, like, so many people, like, like, oh, my God, I'm so happy that you're here. Like, thank you so much. Like, you know, and, like, yeah. you don't, like, you don't have those conversations a lot in daily life. Right, Like, if right. you just go to your office job, how often yeah. do you, like, first hey, of all, thanks like. Thanks for that report. You and me are best friends now. Right. Like, you're not, yeah. like, all right, we guys, we got to do this report in three wow. hours. And we're all going to, like, you know, it doesn't matter that we're doing it in the rain. Yeah. And then, like, we're on four hours of sleep, but, like, we are going to get this report done. <laughs> and, like, nobody complains. And then yeah. after it's done, everyone's, like, high-fiving and, like, like, dude, I appreciate you so much. Yeah, You're so yeah, great yeah. at what you do. Wow. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> like, that's beautiful, man. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a really beautiful thing. Um, so That's, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys are all working together towards a common goal. And it's something that you're all inspired to do. Right. You know, you're not just doing it for a paycheck. No one's there like, I hate being a sound guy. Like, I wanted to be, like, an electrician. Yeah. Like, no one, everyone there is there because they want to be there. Exactly, that's, yeah. That, that's, like, it's so sad that that's, like, so rare in life. Like, what? Why can't that just be what we all do all the time? <laughs> it is rare. I mean, you know? I know, but I don't know. And I think a lot of, a lot of people on the crew, like, they make most of their money doing commercials yeah. or like corporate shoots and stuff like that and do you think they have as much fun on that no i mean they told me yeah. they don't oh like, really they oh. have way more fun on an indie thing where it's like yeah it's a you know especially if they if they like the script and like they like the actors and it's a comedy so yeah it's fun and there's no like uh like you know executive from dove <laughs> that's like giving them notes and yeah. like make it whiter yeah exactly like <laughs> make that soap look sexier you know yeah you're fired there's no i'm not like you know like hey this is off brand guys we can't <laughs> we, we got we got to hammer home the message of the brand so 
You got you got to make this uh, less specific, more stupid. Yeah. More people need to be influenced, and we can't have this offend anyone ever. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so it was awesome. cool. I, I feel like the first day I uh, was like three hours in, after the kind of initial stress of like, of like, oh my god, we're not we're not gonna have time to get everything oh, we want, dude. That's such a awful feeling. Like I was really feeling that the first half what? of the first day, because you had like you had like eighteen setups a day or something. No, right? we planned for like twenty seven setups Holy a day. Holy shit! And we actually got like maybe seventeen a day on our oh, on our best really? day. Wow. So. I now understand how unrealistic, and we knew going in that it was unrealistic, but it was like the planning was good because yeah. we had already thought through everything we wanted. So when we uh-huh. did have to change the plan, we like knew what could be cut. Oh, like, that's good. You know, like you had you had some like escape plans, right? So I think that's the thing I hated most. I like I kind of wish we had had a, f- a fourth day. Yeah. To get like. Because, like, there were pieces of it where, like, I wanted to be in a certain style, and we just didn't have enough time for all the shots that require that. Yeah. So, also, it just, like, fucking started snowing on the last day. <laughs> so, there's, like, serious? there's, like, like one... 85 degrees. There's, like, one close-up where you can, like... There's going to be a, a little bit of a continuity thing where oh, it's, yeah. like... It goes from, like, well, sunny it's, it's to snowing. It's an absurdist. I mean, that, that would make sense. Yeah, and that gives you a lot universe. of leeway. Tell me about, like, what you learned. God, like, like key takeaways that we can just steal from your experience. Yeah, and have learned um, vicariously through. I think I learned. I mean, there's sort of stuff that like I, I kind of knew, but like didn't. I never really put into practice. Like, um, like don't be racist on set. Don't don't be racist. Don't let anybody know. Yeah, everyone always tells racism. me that, <laughs> and I'm like. I think I understand why, but now I really understand <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, you got first-hand uh, experience. No, I mean, I, I think I learned a lot about, like, working with actors. And, like, yeah. one thing we learned, like, was scheduling. And, like, because it was in a cafe and we had, like, some non, non-speaking people. And we, we called them to be on set all day, basically. We called most of the actors to be there all day. And I realized in hindsight that, like, if we had planned it better... They didn't need to be there all day. Oh, yeah. So I felt bad because, you know, there was, you know, there'd be somebody that was like, had been there for seven hours and hadn't even been on camera yet. Wow. And I'm like, I really feel bad about like making you wake up at five in the morning this morning. Oh my gosh. And like, I, that, I don't think that affects the final product. So it's not like, and nobody, like nobody like complained about it yeah. or like said anything. And yeah. I appreciate that, but I did feel bad. Um, I think also like working with actors. Um, I think uh, just like the way I talk to them now, I think is a little bit different. Like, yeah. I think you really ha- I have to like not uh, like I try to like eliminate the word like perfect from my vocabulary when I talk to them. Like, never tell them that like that was perfect uh. because it kind of like creates a pressure. Right. That like, like I've already reached perfection. I've reached perfection, and, it's and all like downhill from here. Now, yeah, it's downhill. So like. It's like you have to like be positive, yeah, um, but not too positive. Not too positive, but like create an environment where they are can feel creative and make choices. Um, in that way. So what you um, say like that was great, good job, awesome. 
Yeah, I'd be like, you know, that was really solid or like that was really good. And nice. I didn't I didn't do this. I mean, I I was sort of getting the hang of it by the last day, but um you know, like, yeah, that was really solid. I really like that, but I want to try it this way or like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But then also knowing when to like to be like that was awesome or like that was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, you nailed it, you know. You got like a baseline positive and then it's like super positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's weird cuz some actors are like some actors just like like nailed on the first take yeah and it's just like that's great and some of them take longer to get there mm. um T- yeah tell me about casting casting was yeah um it was interesting uh we we spent like an entire weekend doing casting um we just sent out um i invited some people to casting because i just like friends <laughs> and the the guy we ended up casting in the lead, Mark uh, uh, Pibenga, he um, he ended up getting the role, and like he was who I kind of had in mind when I wrote the script. Yeah. But I just like wanted to make sure and see other people, um, and he, uh, like he just like crushed the audition. Oh, nice. And like, um, but uh, there were a bunch of roles where like um, we got a lot of surprises, like. Um, there was a there's one woman, uh, Jill, who's this uh, Brazilian actress. Um, she she like was a soap actor in Brazil for like ten years, and then moved to Chicago what? in like 2002. And because there's some there's some Brazilian speaking or not Brazilian Portuguese speaking roles in this, so like, <laughs> we needed native Brazilian people, uh-huh. and uh, like it was. I think it's. I think the thing I learned about casting was like be open. About um, the 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 roles, like if they don't uh-huh. require a specific gender or race or like um, type, like bringing people that are like totally different from like your default thing. Because like when I write, like I mean, my bias is like uh, like usually, like if it's a guy, it's usually like a white guy yeah. in his thirties. Because yeah. that's like me, and that's like <laughs> that's most of my friends, not all of them, but yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, no, it's true. You know, or I write it like specifically for a friend, um, and then like, and she came in, and like, um, she like totally was awesome. Like, she literally came in the room and was like, "You need to hire me." Yeah. And it's like thick an- accent. She was like, "I don't know why you're looking at anyone else," but she said it was like big smile, <laughs> and was like, "Yeah." It was just like I was like, "Who is this woman?" Such confidence. Yeah. And yeah. like, and then at the callback, like I had them improvise a little bit. She had this like really funny like, like improv with um, where she's like arguing with the other soldier, and I ended up rewriting the script for her to like, like not only it was like, do I want you, but I like I'm gonna change the script to like make you shine more huh. because you're so good with this, and I feel like, so I feel like the casting, like dictates, you know how things work out. The other thing about it is, like, you want to, like, I think you have to think about how everyone's going to work together. Or it's not always just, like, this person had the best audition, but it's, like, how does this ensemble going to mix, like, personalities and, like, like different looks. And, like, I don't just mean, like... Did you test them together before you decided? um, We, as much as we could at the callbacks. Like, we had them play with each other and, like, the people that end up getting cast were usually the ones that like had the best chemistry at the audition. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and like where we were like, okay, like first of all, you would be you'd be fun to hang out with. I can tell that you're not an asshole. You're yeah. intelligent, you know, all that stuff. So nice, sweet. Um, and like, where did you find the actors? Like you um, knew some of them, and then yeah, some I invited, and then some we we uh, send it out to uh, the annoyance theaters, like student mailing list. Oh, nice. Uh, um, so that that's a theater I've like done stuff at, and yeah, have, you and me both love the annoyance. Yeah, I'm a huge huge fan yeah, of that place. That's, that's my favorite uh, classes. Uh, yeah, and we yeah. got a couple a couple of our actors are do do a lot of stuff there, um, and then we put on like backstage.com. Back, backstage, yeah, okay. Which is like every actor knows about it, but maybe not every producer director knows about it yet. Yeah. Um, and we got tons of submissions from there. And then the Brazilians, like my friend Flavia, who was also one of the act, she was an actress in the film. She helped out with that a lot. Like she found this like Jill woman, in, that just happened to be living in Chicago, and like brought her in and like. Um, for a while, we were trying to get a, a guy who's sort of getting famous in Brazil at the, this point, and like uh-huh. trying to get him to fly here, and then that fell through. So, yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Those, those are really good resources. I'm, I'm always wondering myself. I'm like, you know, I just use actors and improvisers that I know, and I'm like, yeah. there's got to be like some backstage.com where I can just post <laughs> like my my openings and, and get lots of uh, actors. There is, but the thing is like when you people like that I mean not people like that, like but when you if you if they come in and do an audition, you've only seen them for maybe like maybe they have a five minute audition mm-hmm. that's kinda long. Versus like your friend that like you've seen on stage. Yeah. Maybe in a drama or an imp- improv show. So like you know you sort of know what their energy is and what they can do. I'd much rather go with that person yeah. that I'm like, I have a relationship with already. Which is why, um, I mean, it's really important and a tax write-off every time we go see a show. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I feel like yeah. I don't see near enough shows. We should, it, we should what, start going to shows. We man. should, and we should start seeing more movies. We should. Well, yeah. I got free time now. I have no money, but I have free time. <laughs> We can, uh, we can watch them on the your TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll go to five dollar shows. Yeah, or free shows. I'll start. Uh, yeah, I I love to go to like some theater and yeah. some comedy. I mean, stuff. that's like just going to shows. Like that's how I met like my favorite actors that I work with. Yeah. I just like you go up to them. You're like, dude, like give me your info. Like I love your yeah. your performance. You're so damn funny. Like I, I think have a that's role like the best. If you know you're going to shoot something in, like, six months, it's, like, start going now Yeah. to as much theater that you can and find your cast that way Yeah. versus, like, the open call thing is, like, it's a lot of work, too, man. Oh, really? It was hours to, like, I mean, we had 200 people submit. Oh, my god. For, like, 40 slots. And then to have two That's days of cast. auditions plus a callback, it was, like, an entire weekend devoted oh to god, that. Oh, my god, dude. Plus, like, tons of emails you have to send to people. Holy shit. Did did your producer or producers did they uh, help a lot? Um, yeah, she. Uh, we started with two producers and then one uh, dropped out of the project uh, about halfway through. But uh, Aaron stayed on and like throughout. Um, she was awesome. 
So she helps so much with casting and all the paperwork stuff. And then on set, like, she basically, like, ran the set behind the scenes. Yeah. So that, like, when it was, like, it started pouring rain, like, on two days. And we had these tents. And she was, like, sending PAs to Home Depot to buy tarps and, like, space oh, wow. heaters. And, like, so that, like, the wardrobe rack didn't, like, Freeze. fall into a, <laughs> like, a, like, puddle or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you meet your producer? Um, we've we worked together at two jobs now, like day jobs. So I met her like four years ago. Oh, nice. Uh, and she's a project manager at work for agency. Natural and, uh, transition to producer. Well, exactly. And I was and she was kind of looking for something something Fun. more out of life. Like <laughs> she was, she's already made lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what do I do now? But no, it's like I'll you make know, art. Like, it's like you're in your day job and it's like not fulfilling and you're like, yeah. and I was like, well, that sucks. Are you interested in doing film? Because I, I mean, I thought like she has like project management is basically like line producing, mm-hmm. you know, like she so have the skill set. Yeah. It's not like, I know it's like the same exact skill. You just have to learn like the specifics of the film world. Yeah. And they're not that, I mean, they're complicated, but it's not like. Yeah, you can figure it out. Technical right. terms. She's smart, so she can figure it out. Just look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, she's Something good, I've never done. Good managing people, so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go off on a quick tangent here. Um, based off your observation that, like, more fulfillment out of life. Yeah. Um, have you heard or seen any of Louis C.K.'s new show? No. So, I, I've i had so many people recommend it to me. Yeah, dude, it's I, like, it's... I've heard the it's like game changing. Worst, awful, like amazing. Really? It's it's painful to watch. Okay. But it's amazing because like right. it's pure. I mean, it's just purely his vision. Whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, he has this set. He has all these amazing actors. He's paying for it himself. Um, but I mean, my my point in in this tangent is like his model for success. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, he's the best stand-up comedian maybe of all time. Um, yeah. But he, he just like wanted to make this, and he has lots of connections, and he has plenty of money, mm-hmm. so he just made it, and he didn't sell it to like iTunes or mm-hmm. Netflix or HBO. So is it on? He's just like he's VOG just selling it on his website. Really? The first episode's five dollars. The second episode's two dollars. The third episode's three dollars, and I think every other episode's like two or three dollars. Okay. Okay. So he's just selling it with his email list. That's he has an email list of you know hundreds of thousands of people. Right, right. Anyone who's ever seen him or went to his website and signed up or whatever. But mm-hmm. he made this, he produced it, he you know casted it, all that shit. Yeah. And he's just selling it through his website, and I think that's like revolutionary. Dude, that's I want more people so to do that. So smart. Um, but I, but yeah. But like my my final point with that is like, you know, um, there's there's a marketing philosophy called a thousand true fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might have talked about it before. But you you get a thousand people who like love your art, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. and they'll each pay, and you figure out a way for each of them to pay you a hundred bucks a year, so that yeah. you make a hundred thousand dollars to do exactly what you love. Yeah. So you are fulfilled. You know. I mean, uh, yeah, I th- I think that's. That's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah. I mean, very um, early stages of it, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're 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 honing our craft uh, right. to the point where people will eventually pay 100 bucks a year for it. Right. But I mean, when, like 
And and I think that in in a way like Louis C.K. is like perfectly replicating that model, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I'm so excited. And then I watch it and I'm like traumatized by it, but I'm like I'm just I gotta support this. <laughs> I can't. I can barely watch it, but I've heard it's like so have good. To watch it, yeah. Um, I I was watching um today uh the jo- uh, Joe Swanberg did. The keynote at South by Southwest oh, nice. this year, and they Was just they just put it on YouTube. It's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he goes through like basically the f- the financing of like all thirty of his movies. It's made like thirty features wow. or something at this point. And what what are his movies like? What are are there any I would know? Um, this sort of like breakout one was like Hannah Takes the Stairs, and then. Well, that was like his in- sort of indie breakout, and then Drinking Buddies oh, yeah, was sort no. of the big. Oh, he's hit. the one that like doesn't believe in scripts and just like shows up and is like. Well, he's talking about that actually. How uh, act? He uh, he's like you know he relies on improvisation improvisation a lot. Yeah. But how like now that he's working with bigger name actors, like first of all he was he was telling the story about how like he wanted to shoot this film and there was no script and like he's trying to raise like few hundred thousand for it or whatever and he's like yeah investors were like what are you talking about there's no script like <laughs> i'm not giving you money what are we raising money yeah for? like this is insane and then also now that he's working with bigger names like there needs to be more planning in it because oh, yeah. they have like a three-week window out of the year right and they don't want to just like hang out with him for three months and like develop the scripts right you know um but he, one of his points was that, like, to really make money in films or movies, you have to, you have to put your own money in, basically. Oh, really? And like, that's where the upside comes from. Um, is like, what, what's his face? The guy who did the the last keynote said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Duplass. Mark I think. Duplass. God, yeah. I can't. Names are escaping me today. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think I mean I think Louis C.K. is smart because like he could easily, I mean I don't know if he pitched that show around, but I'm sure he could he, have found. I'm I don't sure think Netflix would have done it. Oh, like, dude, Net, I'm, there would have been a bidding war for that show. Right, but now he owns. He owns it. Like yeah, he owns the rights to it. He can get most of the revenue after he pays his yeah. people. Like it's really smart. Yeah, I mean it's. Know. I, I think it's revolutionary, and I hope like way more people do it. Agreed. Ourselves included. That's why we need to start making an email list. <laughs> I have an email list. Nice. We need to I, make content and drive people to that <laughs> email list. I try to. It's hard though. You don't want to be like too, mark, like marketingy. I guess. Yeah. Too salesy. It's, it's like there, hard to find a that balance. balance. Yeah. There's a balance there. Yeah. It does exist. Right. I've seen it. But I think I think emails like I would much rather have a thousand email subscribers than a thousand Twitter followers or oh, something like that. Dude. I'd rather have a thousand email subscribers than like fifty thousand Twitter followers. Yeah, so that's something I've like tried to be on. Do you because I think I get emails from you. Do you have like a mailing list? Yeah. 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 I've uh I have like seven or eight thousand. Well, they can unsubscribe if they want. Do they do? Do they unsubscribe a lot? No, not really. Oh, okay. I, I mean, uh, for my 
reading in August, I sent out, you know, to 8,000 people. Yeah. I sent like three emails. I think only 300 total unsubscribed. Okay. Okay. And then everyone I see, because it's like all my Gmail contacts mm-hmm. and like everyone I've ever met in my whole life. Like, I just see, like, random people, like, my cousin's friend in Philly, and he's like, hey, man, how'd your reading go? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't seen you in eight years. How did you know about that? That, that happens to me, too, where people are like, they'll ask me about something. I'm like, how did you know about that? Yeah. Well, I got an email about it. It was really cool. Yeah. You okay. Know, if, if you're sending out, you're, I'm not sending out, like, hey, buy more Amway. I'm saying, like, hey, I'm trying to do, like, something fulfilling and, like, make yeah. art with my life. And people are like, I'm going to support that. I mean, I, I have just endless spreadsheets of people's emails, like, categorized by what they do. Okay, I have that, it's too. Like, yeah. DPs and actors and producers. That's cool. And, I have that, I do yeah. that, too. Yeah. It would have been funny stuff. if, like, a thousand people had shown up to your screenplay. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> just like... Um, no, not a thousand. We did have 30 people show up. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good turnout. Oh, yeah, you were there. I forgot. Yeah. 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 You and you were like, dude, I can't believe I liked that. <laughs> yeah, it was not my normal genre, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we're our our genres are are different. Yeah. We we overlap on everything but genre, I think. Um mm-hmm. so tell me like what would you do different next time? I honestly don't know if there's anything I would do differently. Um I mean that's like I think that's, like, just a statement about how lucky we were yeah. like to get good people. Because, like, a lot of the people I hired, like, <clears throat> I didn't really know them. They were just, like, recommended to me by somebody. Yeah. So, like, the production designer, like, I met her, like, two weeks before we shot. And we met for coffee, and it wasn't even, like, do you want to do this? It was just, like, this is the meeting where we figure out the budget and, you know, you're hired, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, she could have not turned out well, just because, like, that could have happened. I mean, she was recommended by a bunch of people, but, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just got really lucky that yeah, yeah. I got recommended a really great person. You, you manifested the fuck out of this production, my friend. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You were just like, all right, I want, like, a really good, right, helpful producer and this, like, really sassy Brazilian... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything I would have really done differently. Well, honestly. what about uh, is is there something you would have spent less money on? Something you would have spent more money on? No, I was I was thinking like I was talking to somebody today about the budget and like just in general terms and like it was like I, like looking at it now, it's just like it's like a lot of money. But I'm like I don't know where I could have cut it. You know, like we paid for like a script supervisor to be there. And like you can you can make a short film without a script supervisor. Like yeah. it's like very it's not like an essential position. But like I was so glad to have him and yeah. uh, it was him and his replacement. Uh his it was John Santiago by the way and Alyssa Alexander was the his replacement for one day and like they were like so helpful to me and like uh in terms of like figuring out like coverage and like how the edit's gonna be and like just like noticing things like because, like, when you watch on the monitor, at least I do, I'm, like, watching the actors' faces. And, like, they'll do a cut. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, the, uh, you know, there's, like, there's like a lighting stand in the shot. And I'll be like, what? And then, like, they'll replay it. And it'll just be, like, a huge lighting stand. <laughs> like, so obviously sitting there. Yeah. You know? 
And I'm like, I didn't even notice that. Wow. So I I don't know. I mean, like, I think it was the kind of thing that I wanted to do for this. Like, you can make a short film on, like, no money, you know, or just, like, 500 bucks. It's, it's very easy to do that, and I've done that before. But it just, like, I wanted a high level of production design. Yeah. And, like, and I wanted good lighting to show that design off. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to do that. Like, really cheaply. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe if you're just doing a two-page short, you can get people to do it for free. But, so, I think I think my next project will be a lot leaner, just because I won't be able to afford to do this. <laughs> I want to do a feature, and, like, yeah, to do a feature at this production level would, you know, be a lot of money. So Yeah. Well, I mean, how, how long is the short? 12 minutes? It'll probably be about 12 minutes, 12 yeah. Minutes. I mean, it'll be ten times the budget. Oh yeah, to do a feature would be yeah. like ten times the budget, basically. Yeah. So if I can raise that money, then that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I would love nothing more to like get the same people back together, and be like, "Hey, you're all gonna get paid a little bit more this time, <laughs> and we're gonna do it for 25 days." Yeah. And like, we'll all be like best friends when we're done. Hell yeah. Um. How many takes did you do of, like, each scene? Um, I th- I'd say it averaged, like, th- three or four. Really? I think the most we did on any one shot was, like, six. Oh, nice. So, like, per scene, because it was, like, it it's all takes, if you if you read it like a screenplay, like a traditional screenplay, it would just be one scene, like, interior coffee shop and 12 pages. But we broke it out into 12, like, smaller scenes just to, like, simplify it. Uh, and then, so each one of those scenes had two to six setups for camera. So it was, uh, I would say per setup, like three to six takes. There was a couple of things that were like inserts, like a drawer opening, or we had a glass like shatter. Mm-hmm. And like we only did like three of those. Yeah. Just because like those. Breakaway cups are expensive. Glass is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to buy, like, special... Oh, really? I mean, you don't have to, but if you want it to, like, shatter really nicely... Yeah. And they're, like... I think they're, like, 50 bucks a pop or something. What? Yeah. Damn, And, son. like, the, the designer, like, spray-painted them the night before to be the right color. Wow. And... This is such a, like, complex production, man. I'm, like, I'm really impressed. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm actually, like... I, I, I was, like, stressed about the money... But then I realize it's. I feel like I went through film school in four months, yeah. just now. Yeah. And I paid a lot less than I would have. Oh yeah. To go. And you got something to show for yourself too. Right. And like I have like real experience on set. Like I'll have a good finished product. I think. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll see how it comes out. Dude, even, like I mean, I'm certain that it's awesome and it's going to turn out great. But yeah. even if it's not, it's still worth it. It totally. Yeah. It totally yeah. is. Because like everything like. Like, how to plan meals, like, how to work with a producer. Just, like, all that, like, doing SAG, like, the union stuff. Okay, you were a SAG official and all that shit. What did you do for the actors? Did you just, like, pay their their minimums? So we... Deferred or what? A short film, low budget, SAG agreement is is a mixed agreement. So you can can hire union and non-union people on the same project. So the union people got the standard SAG minimum which is uh, 125 a day. And we actually did... You can defer that, though. Did you defer it? For one of the actresses, we did. 
we deferred a portion of it. She still got something. Yeah. And the rest we just drew up like. She still got the beer money she needed. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and the rest we just like created contracts basically. Yeah. So like non-union agreements. Nice. Uh, so it was like, yeah, it was like literally learning everything you need to know to make a film. Wow. In four months. Did our production class come in handy? Um, it did actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I really that was my favorite class that I took at Chicago Film. It was really good. The yeah. the producing class. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was it was totally helpful. And like, that's how we met, man. And now we're yeah. recording a podcast. I've met I've met so many good people through those Chicago filmmakers. Me too. Classes. My two like DPs I shoot with the most. I met both of them at yeah. Chicago filmmakers. I my uh, Dane the AD on this. I met in the directing class, and it was his first time ADing, and like, yeah, he had like an awesome time. He was really good. Nice. Um, what was it like working with an AD? I've never done that. Um, it's it's like stressful. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a hard job, man. Yeah, because like, you're the one like running the clock, basically. Like, you're the wow. one saying like, we don't have time to do five shots here. You have to decide. Which wow! Th- which so he's two like, or three you want? He's like, burning and he's daylight. He's looking at the clock and like, wow! He's like, you know, it's five right now. We have till seven. And Damn. you know, like, this is what's on the shot list for today. Like, we can't do all of it. And mm-hmm. then he's the one yelling at people to be like, quiet on set or like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like making sure he, that he's like your muscle. He's yeah, like, kind he's of doing kind your of. dirty yeah. work. And there's like there's like a lot of coordination that like I think one of the one of the things I learned about how to having a set a set run efficiently is like really planning within the day of like when you set up like so you set up the camera and then like you need lighting but like to get the initial lighting you need stand-ins or you need the actors to stand in. Did you guys have stand-ins? No, I mean we had like PAs or like I w- I would stand in. But like when we hit trouble was when like you know the the DP was waiting for an actor, and the actor was getting makeup, or the sound guy was like miking. Oh her. yeah, yeah. And it's like you just just peered downtime. Like, oh, we should have like, like, you know, like reorganized the order. Right. If there's yeah. like a more efficient workflow to that, right. and if you do it out of order, you can well, that, end up wasting half an hour. That's something you learn by doing this. Yeah, you just like learn it, and then you yeah. realize like, you know, you talk to the DP, and you're like, what? what are we waiting for? Or he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm just waiting for the actors. Oh, man. And then, and then you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, we, we, we fucked up. So. You're just like, you, you're just going down a maze and you're like, you get zapped. You're like, nope, not that way. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> zapped. Okay, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, I think that's an important thing Yeah. to know. And like no, having a good AD awesome. helps a lot with that. Did you cast your AD or you just knew him? Um, he was just a friend of mine, and he he's sort of a uh, a director himself. Um, and I just I knew him. I like I trusted him to like to put a lot of work in and like yeah. take it seriously. And like even though he never ad'd before, you know I was like I re- and you know and we didn't really have budget to hire. You write a lot. Your your yeah. your output is prolific, <laughs> to say the least. How did you know this was the one that you wanted to actually make? Um, so I wrote um, back over last summer, 
my friend Hannah, who who DP'd my um, uh, my web series, and who actually worked on the crew on this one, uh, was like, hey, let's shoot something this fall or something. And I was like, okay, I'll send you some stuff. And I sent her, like, I just came out with, like, three scripts, basically. One was adapted from a scene in a feature they had written, and, like, two were just, like, other weird things. And she got, like, really busy because she got picked up on one of the, like, Netflix shows in town or something like that. So she couldn't do it. So I just kind of sat with, like, three scripts for a while. I was like, which one is the most, which one do I love the most? Which one can I feasibly pull off not knowing what the fuck I'm doing? Yeah. And I ended up with this one. And then I submitted it to uh, the IFP Chicago thing. It was, like, uh, screen screenwriters like workshop basically, and they took five like screenwriters. Oh, you got in? Yeah, yeah. Dude, how did I not know that? Did you? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so no idea. You need to put me on your email list. I, I think <laughs> is what you need to do. <laughs> I will officially give you permission. I do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's I official. Will, I will add you after this conversation. <laughs> um, so then I did that, and then. We workshopped it in like front of, with a live audience and like a professional screenwriter, and the audience reaction to it was so good. Yeah. Where I was like, because at that point it was December. I like the wheels were in motion, but like nobody had like there were no contracts or payments yet. Like we could have changed gears at that point. Yeah. But at that point I was like, okay, like forty people in a live audience really enjoyed this. So I feel like it's good enough to do be like the to put money into basically. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What what did you like take away from like working with an actual screenwriter? Um, that was cool. She was she's uh, her name is uh, Mary Ruth Clark, and she um she wrote the original Meet the Parents, which I guess not a lot of people know. Mary, Meet the Parents was like a it was an indie film before it was like the Robert De Niro film and a studio bought it from her and then remade it with De Niro and uh, Ben Stiller Ben Stiller yeah so uh, but she's been making a living at it you know for 20 years or whatever Um, wow I don't know I mean she had like a lot of like just good specific notes about the script yeah about like the comedy and like setting up the jokes and like she probably has some good career advice too stuff like that yeah, I mean, she, I don't know, it's, eh, I think it's hard to be a screenwriter in Chicago, like, yeah. like, her agents and stuff, they're all in L.A., like, oh, yeah. when, when she gets paid to screenwrite, it comes from L.A., Yeah. so, does she just fly out there all the time for meetings? Yeah, she can, she flies out, or, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to answer for her, but, um, I feel like if I wanted to make a living just as a screenwriter, I need to, like, move to L.A., Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to do that, so... Yeah, I met quite a few people at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, even the dude who directed Jurassic World, and he lives in like Virginia, really, or Vermont. Like he still lives there. Yeah, he lives in some super small, really backwoods. But town. he must fly to LA a lot, right? I'm certain. Yeah. Yeah. Probably his own plane at this point. I think that's like, I think if you kind of like, like if you make a really great indie or something as a director, you can. Get an agent in LA, and like, you can stay stay in Chicago, 
and just go to L.A. sometimes. Yeah, just and, like, go th- when you need to. I think you can do that more now. I think so, uh, yeah. But if you want to, like, break in, like, the traditional way of, like, get a script into somebody's hand and then get an yeah. agent and then get hired. Well, I think I think what you miss out on is just, like, the random encounters. Right. You know, uh, the dudes on Script Notes said that's, like, the reason to live in L.A. It's like, I would, I would have never had the opportunity to write. One of them wrote a bunch of movies for Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. and it was because he ran into her at a coffee shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that makes sense. And I mean, I, I feel like we have that here. I mean, it's not on the same level of money, but, like, I, I don't know. I've met a lot of people that I've yeah. worked with. No, I mean, there's, there's a lot of famous people, celebrities, actors... Yeah, in Chicago. I, w- I wish they'd bring back the uh, the 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 tax credits. Are those gone now? I think I've been gone. following that. So last I heard, they were gone. Do you know what's a good tax credit is when you have a LLC that loses a lot of money on a film, <laughs> and it? you also have a day job. Ah, yes. So you have. It's like a nice, nice tax shield, a, right a, there. The uh, the po- the poor man's thirty percent tax credit. <laughs> I don't think you can do that for the rest of your life, but you could definitely yeah. be doing it next year. I think eventually it, it has to make money, or they call it a hobby. Right. But that takes many years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll buy it if you sell it. <laughs> You'll be like, hey, Chris bought it. Tax right off. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So what what's the plan from here, man? Um, what's the You're editing it yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm editing it now, and then okay. I'm going to... Um, do hire somebody to do color correction and or coloring and sound design um and hopefully my i want to get it ready by the end of the summer at the latest sort of like hit that wave of festival submissions yeah it seems like end of august is that's a that's a big one yeah so we'll i mean we'll see how it comes out like if i you know if i do an edit and i'm like this this is really good, and you know, I might raise try to raise some money for post production. Yeah. To be like, you know, like if I think it has a chance to like have a really good festival run, I will like put every resource I can into that. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that'd be so cool to like go around the world. And, um, like, everyone or all the research I did and some people I talked to at Sundance mm-hmm. said comedy shorts have like. Like an infinitely better chance of making it. I really, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome to hear. Because ninety nine percent of everything they receive for film festivals is like the darkest, most depressing, like awful subject matter imaginable. And then you put on a, a light comedy that's like silly and yeah. absurd, and they're just like, "This is great. Let's program this." Can, well, I, can I just continue to that watch is this? Music to my ears, yeah. man. Because uh, it's good, and I art. My film has a story to it also. Like, I've seen a lot of shorts at festivals where I'm, like, those, yeah. like, brooding. And they're, like, it's, like, good imagery. and like, But, like, the story is just very light or, like, thin. Yeah. And they're not, like, bad films, but they're kind of challenging in that way. And, like, yeah, I think this will be artistic but also entertaining for people. That's that's what, that's a valiant thing to strive for. Um what what you just said, like the uh, or it doesn't really have a story. Yeah, that's always like bothered me so much. Like with with everything that I watch, I'm like I'm like, why did I hate that so much? Like it was yeah. beautiful. Like that was my issue with Revenant. Um, 
but I, I, I sort of pinpointed it with this book that I'm reading right now. It's called, mm. well, I mostly read it. It's called On Directing by David Mamet. Oh, yeah. I yeah. actually accidentally ordered two copies, so I'll have to give you one of them. Uh, okay. It's, it's only like 95 pages. Okay, cool. Um, it's his, his, like, him teaching a class at Columbia, mm-hmm. and, I mean, it's just dropped, like, it's one of those books that I'm just like, I've highlighted every word in this book. <laughs> Why am I yeah. continuing to highlight this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's fascinating. Like, it really, like, breaks down editing and, like, like story and why that's important. And, awesome. and how if you don't have a story, it's just, like, you keep escalating the, the like, visual pop right. to keep the person's attention. And that's, that's a fool's errand. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it either. I think it's just something so basic to, like, have a story that intrigues people. Like... Like, all the, most of, like, the great literary art, like, Shakespeare, and, like, he was, like, master, like, creating suspense and, like, keeping yeah. it going, and, like, yeah. like, like, you know, like, Hamlet is, like, from page one, it's, like, whoa, there's a ghost? What's this about? Like, <laughs> you know, like, right away, you're, like, yeah. you're, like, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. So. I think creating mystery in the beginning is, like, like, really important. I, I totally agree with that. I, I read that in a, in a. A Stanislavski book mm-hmm. uh, on on method acting, because I thought I was gonna get into method acting, but then I just got into uh, ah, shit. What's the other style? <laughs> there's well, there's, a, there's a few. Well, what's the other like Ma- Meisner? Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then I got into Meisner and just like loved that. So uh-huh. who knows? Uh, but in the book, he was talking about how like some some play that was like exceptionally made and like beautifully acted and all this shit. It like people were walking out. Like, they, they weren't staying because, like, the first act was weak, but the second act, third act were, like, amazing. So he just started, like, every show, he'd just walk out on stage before it started, open a drawer, put a gun in the drawer, and then shut the drawer, and then walk off stage. <laughs> and people would stay through the first act because they're like, why did he put that gun in the drawer? It's, I have to figure out why he did that. I mean, it's a... <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's a great technique. <laughs> it feels a little cheap to me to, like... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and then it wouldn't to come not back. Ever use it, <laughs> like, but but he's like, people didn't care because the second act and third act were so good. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's why like Law and Order SVU, which to me is like the boringest show ever, but it does start off with a mystery, and you're like, I gotta figure out like who what, who raped that child, right? Oh, dude, yeah, I mean, once you start watching a Law and Order episode, it's like really hard. You can't not. You gotta find out who and did like, it. It's like really powerful. When yeah. you tell a story that way. Now then, like, I feel like if you watch six Law and Orders in a row, you start to feel, like, degraded You're as like, a human. Because every episode is the same. It's like you figure <laughs> out the formula, and then yeah. there's no, like... It's police um, procedural. There's nothing really for your soul there. Yeah. It's just, there's like, no substance. It's just hitting that, like, that piece of you that needs to know the end of a story. Yeah. But I think there's a, there's a way to do both. And... I don't know. I try to do that. I don't know if I succeed, but <laughs> try. At least. Dude, it's all we're we're learning, man. Yeah, that's the that's the process. What of are this. you working on? Uh, what am I working on? I'm filming a mock Trump campaign commercial on <laughs> Saturday. Nice. Uh, pretty pretty excited about that. I, I'm just trying to like put out as much content as possible, work with as many people as I can, just yeah. so I like get more experience, have more to show for myself, and know who I who I really like to work with. Um, the thing I'm most excited about, I'm writing a uh, 
a film, uh, uh, film noir with the main characters. Like, uh, he was an NFL superstar, mm-hmm. and now he has, like, severe CTE, yeah. and he's just living on the streets, and, it's, and he's looking for his daughter who was kidnapped, and it's basically, like, from the, sh- from the gutter to taking down the entire NFL. Oh, it's really? A, okay. It's a show. I, wrote, I fi- finally finished the first episode. In, so okay, so it's like a pilot. Yeah. Are you gonna like shoot the pilot or are you gonna try? Um, and... I don't know. I'm gonna like, I'm probably gonna shoot it. There, there's only like a couple scenes where I need like a stadium and maybe I can just <laughs> green, green screen it or something. Only, there's only a few stadium scenes. <laughs> I know a guy that, that has a stadium. Oh, so perfect, don't, dude. Don't hook it up, it. man. Yeah. I'll put him on my email list. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, for the most part, it's it. I wrote it with a low budget in mind, okay. and and the stadium is empty because it's mm-hmm. kind of like a like why the f- it's like it's supposed to be jarring. Like, why yeah. is the stadium empty? You could probably break into like a college football stadium. Like, yeah, they wouldn't notice me turn the lights on. Well, <laughs> like when I was in college, man, we used teams. to like we could just at night you could just go to the football stadium. Really? And, like, run, go on the bleachers and That'd like walk awesome. on the field. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and, and there's a guy from Chicago Fire that works out of, out of my gym, and I'm just going to, like, carry the script around with me and, like, just drop it at his feet and be like, oh, sorry, did that, <laughs> did my script just fall there? Well, if, if you'd like to read it, I think you'd be great for the, the lead. <laughs> Do you, have you talked to him, or you just No, uh, no, I, I got all his info from IMDB Pro, and I'm going to – I want to, like, workshop the script to make mm-hmm. sure it's, like, as good as it can be before I send it to him. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, but besides that, just fucking knocking out shorts and oh, dude, I had a funny idea last night because uh, me and my buddy were recording a, a Batman vs Superman podcast, which yeah. which we really liked. I don't, I'm not I'm sort of confused why everyone just universally hated it. I um, yeah okay. Did you see it? No, I'm not really interested in. I don't. I'm not you, know, big, you don't like superhero. I like movies, Batman, anyways. but I don't. I'm yeah. not a big Superman. Fan. Dude, if you like uh, the Frank Miller comics, I think you'll like this movie. Um, I'm not sure that I've ever read a comic book. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Does Calvin, <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes count? Yeah, that's a comic. Okay. Yeah. I think I read um, all those. But we were, and this is like super obscure, and I'm just like um, getting high on my own farts here, but uh, we were talking about it, and it was like we were just having a ball talking about it. And then that, that show James Bond Jr. popped in my head. <laughs> Do you remember that show way back in the day? I, I'm no, I've, heard, I've heard about it. Okay, well, it's it. just the most blatant, like, um, intellectual property, like raping of all time. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, we have the rights to James Bond. Let's like make a junior cartoon one that the kids <laughs> can watch. Yeah, and I was like, we should just juniorify everything. Like, we we'll have Batman Junior. <laughs> <laughs> just everyone's like in in college. So we're gonna make a podcast called Batman Junior. Oh, okay. You're not gonna shoot no uh, that'd Batman. Be, that'd be too hard. <laughs> Batman fan fiction. Yeah. Because, like, the, the Batman Lego movie's coming out, and, mm-hmm. like, if there was a movie that I would, like, love to make more than anything else in the world, it'd be Lego Batman. Really? That would so be my so favorite movie. To it. Yeah. I'm like, maybe if we put this out and people like it, they'll give us, like, the second or third one. Hey, maybe in five years, by the time they're doing a sequel, yeah, you'll be, you'll be in position exactly. to interview for the... Be set. <laughs> um, but that's awesome, man. So, like... What what festivals are you gonna submit to? I don't. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think we're gonna try and go, um, like, try to get into at least like one of the big ones. Yeah. So I think. What are the big ones to you? Sundance, um, South by Southwest, Tribeca. Yes. Uh, I would say Sundance, Toronto, 
Con, Berlin, maybe South by, and then I guess try yeah, try back. Yeah. yeah, I heard shorts. Uh, it's really easy to get a short in the can. Really? Yeah. Well, somebody told me that like if you submit a short, you get in the can. <laughs> that's got to be a little exaggerated. I, she seemed to know what she was talking about. Okay. Well, I have no idea. If that's um, true. I or you get invited if okay. you submit. Well, Maybe that's what it was. We'll like pick. I don't know whichever yeah. ones like are open in the fall, like because those ones you have to like kind of wait because you know like if you get accepted you can't screen it anywhere else. Yeah, like you kind of have to premiere at those places. Right, right. So, like, hopefully we will get into one of those without um, waiting too long. Side side note, mm-hmm. my neighbor in Utah's college roommate is the head of programming at Sundance. Uh, it sounds like a terrible person to know. Right? <laughs> um, and he said, uh, he's like, yeah, man, if you want to come, like, in next time he's in, because mm-hmm. he lives in L.A., but yeah. uh, they're they still, they're in the same fantasy football league. He's like, yeah, next time he's in town, like, I'll, I'll let you know, and, you know, we'll all go bowling or something. I was like, yes, let's do that. And well, I, I've talked to him that's before. That's awesome. I see him at the festival, like, every year. Yeah, yeah. And I know his name. He doesn't know my name, but. Okay, cool. Like, what's up? <laughs> And when I when I left NASA, I actually uh, I applied to Sundance. You worked at NASA? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I worked. Uh, I was a budget analyst for like twenty months. Oh, okay. Can you imagine me as a fucking accountant? <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, it was not a good fit. Two. Okay, I worked at Social Security. Nice. Okay. For two years. Yeah. Um, that, that's about all your soul can take. My opinion. My experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Money's good. Out work, work is not. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, not not fulfilling. So yeah, I don't know. Well, well, it'd be really cool to meet that friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you know. We could both go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how. You know, we'll get what we get. You know, and like. Yeah. I mean, I I want to set the bar. I want to aim high, but. Yeah. I also realize that like. It's a really small percentage chance. To get into those big ones, dude, they get so many fucking yeah, shorts they get now. Thousands. They get Sundance got eight thousand shorts, 8, 000, and four thousand features, and they screen like how many? Like forty, hundred, hundred. I think a hundred, maybe less. Okay, but still, it's like. I thought they did like a hundred and ten movies and a hundred ten shorts. Yeah, so I th- I think the nice thing about this is like, it is um, it's in English and Portuguese, so like there's an international flavor to it there's like a diverse cast and i feel like that i mean i I think we'll definitely be able to screen in brazil yeah like without question uh how how much of it's in portuguese um is there a brazilian festival i would say at least like two like a page to two pages of dialogue out of the 12 um and there's a lot of film festivals in brazil actually Hmm. um so we'll have to figure out how to navigate butt that. Film festivals. <laughs> About what? The, the, the big butt film festival. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think of. Um, no, I have no comment for that. <laughs> uh, First, he's asking if he can cuss. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, one thing we were kind of hoping is like maybe we can go to like the Rio Film Festival and screen it and mm-hmm. like. Um, meet like a producer there or something and like 
do like a do the next film as like a co-production and like shoot it in yeah. Brazil or something. That'd something be cool. crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are all like very like small probability of happening, but yeah. You know. But you're trying, so there is a possibility. There is a possibility. Yeah. So. What was all that one in a million talk? Sorry, I did, didn't <laughs> hear that. I'm just quoting Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm leaning <laughs> for. <laughs> I can hear you. You can't hear me. Um, that's awesome. Uh, have you ever been to Berlin? You said yeah, Berlin. My brother lives there. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, I was just there last week. Yeah, I know. We didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's that's like my new favorite city in the whole world. Awesome, right? And like, um, I went to a club at two in the morning, mm-hmm. and I didn't leave until nine thirty. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was awesome. I've never done that before. Um, and then all my new best friends that I met at the club, I was like, dude, like, how do you live in this town? They're like, well, you know, like, my my rent's uh, it's gone up a little bit. Uh, it's three hundred and fifty euros a month. Yeah. I was like. What for like a nothing like a box? They're like no, it's like a one bedroom in like the center of town where, you know, I don't need a car. And I was like, what the? F-? And beers are two euros. Oh yeah, it's, it's absurd. It's so cheap. I mean, I, my my I brother lives there, and like, your the salaries there are lower. Like yeah, he could make way more in the U.S. But cost of living so is cheap so to live there. Cheap, and there's yeah. so many like artists, and so I, that's kind of why I would like to do Berlin as like yeah. a top choice because I would like to meet. Like people that are working filmmakers in Berlin, and like, yeah, because I'd like to move there. Like, I know I've, I've thought about moving there at least, dude. You know? Like, that was uh, like when I visited Chicago, I like just got this feeling like I need to live here, and I got the same feeling from Berlin, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's awesome. All right, cool, man. Uh, well, any parting thoughts or uh, man, where's no, the wisdom? Or I talked, I'm tired. I feel like I talked a lot. I was up at like six this morning, oh, so. yeah. I'm back in the writing habit. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, no, well, I'm, I'm spent, man. Well, I'm tell us. Uh, I don't usually talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tell us where everyone can find more info about you. See your previous shorts. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, you can sign up for the newsletter and find out more about the the film I just shot at thedeadlineshortfilm.com, and my personal website is. RobertBruceCarter.org, and you can find all my links to Twitter and stuff like that there. Nice. Mailing list. Yeah. And we'll tag all of this in the show notes. In I case. will not add you to my mailing list, <laughs> but Chris might. Yeah, he'll, he'll send them to, to me so I can add them. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you uh, for imparting your wisdom and, and knowledge and experience on thanks. us. Thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, man. That was riveting. Loved it. All right. See ya. Well, that's all from Robert Bruce Carter. To find out more about him and his forthcoming short film, please check out the show notes at chrisbroadhead.net or go directly to thedeadlineshortfilm.com or robertbrucecarter.org. Well, thanks for listening. Now get out there and make some art.